Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Princess on a Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shovenoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. There's a lot of stuff to talk about this week, boys. UC Singapore, UC France, a whole bunch of news. As always, you're brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy, keep me fueled up, keep me going through my day, whether I'm at the gym or at home, and they can help you as well with code SOUNDOFF for 10% off at checkout. Meanwhile... Elixir, the exact opposite. They're going to get you really high with their Delta 8, 9, 10 HHC products. And again, code sound off, 10% off. They've got vapes, joints, gels. They've got it all. And you can get it all with code sound off for 10% off. Again, Rogue Energy and Elixir, code sound off. Angel, last Saturday morning from the Singapore Indoor Stadium, Featherweights in the main event, Max Holloway, Chan Sung Jung, the Korean Zombie. We knew the story going in. Two legends of the game for the Korean Zombie, likely going to be his last dance. In the end, it was an absolute banger from the word go. Uh, Chan Sung Jung said, hey, look, it's either going to be you or me. And uh ended up being him, but uh it was a banger of a fight. Bolts traded big shots. He rocked Max at one point. Ends up being blessed if he gets the third round knockout win. Korean Zombie retires post-fight. Just an incredible scene. What do you think about the the fight and the win and ultimately the retirement of the Korean Zombie? I mean, we, we knew this fight from the get-go was to be a retirement fight. Look, retirements are never happy to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. It was a happy and sad moment rather than just a sad moment that we've had a lot regularly in retirement fights because <clears throat> from the moment he walked out, Hype. Mm-hmm. Hype as fuck. And then the fight itself. Oh god. I don't know why. He's dying. He's gonna die. I don't know why, but my throat just like hella dried up. Quartzite sound up episode. Fucking two 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 thirty. Angel Ortega dies. Dude. This is gonna go viral like the video with you reacting to the fucking guy. They're just fighting in this house with the flame. Yeah, exactly. We're just burning or trying to burn it alive. Yeah, anyways, what Angel was saying was really that. <laughs> no, but I think I'm good now. What the fuck? Like, I, my throat just, like, just dried up hella hard right there. No right. other show, folks. No other show. All right, carry on. <laughs> this is actually the final episode of the Quartzite Sound Off. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, from the, mo- from the moment he walked out, it was kind of a nice moment. Like, it was, it wasn't sad. And, uh. The fight itself, entertaining. I think Zombie had his moments. Obviously, Max shined through, and he ended up getting a finish. It's been quite a while since he got a finish. I can't remember what was the last time. They said it on the broadcast, but it had been quite some time. I think maybe 2016? 2017? It's been quite, so, been quite a while. I believe his last stop doing was against Brian Ortega in 2018. Oh, wow. So Okay, so it wasn't as long as I thought. It's still been a while. Regardless, though, Another happy moment for Max is he also gets to finish one after not having one in a while. And then everything kind of ends, and the zombie gets to have his moment. You know, the commentary didn't have to add a lot to it. The crowd did everything. They played the zombie music as he's leaving, and he exited exited with a smile. It was just the perfect kind of scenario outside of him not getting the win. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and look, I mean, like you like you meant to mention, it was a knockout loss, but it was about as good as it could go. I mean, it, this was a this was a Korean zombie fight. You know what I mean? And I feel like for his last couple fights, the Korean zombie hasn't looked like a Korean zombie, and that's partially why going into this one, we a weren't really that excited because kind of figured the way it would go. But look, dude, he kind of knew, like, I had one left in me, and he went out there, and he gave it his all, and he came up short, but it was an incredible scene, obviously, the crowd singing his song, singing Zombie by the Cranberries after he left, you know, just embracing his wife, it was about as good of a retirement that you could have without getting a win. Um, I don't think any, I don't think it could have possibly have gone any better. Um, And for the Korean Zombie, I mean, what a career. I mean, from the WEC to the UFC mobile title shots, incredible wins. Obviously, fight of the year with Dustin Poirier back in 2012. You know, incredible destruction of Frankie Edgar back in 2019 in Korea that I remember. I mean, he had so many great moments. While we're, this will be the last time we discuss him. What is your favorite moment from the Korean Zombie? Fuck. There's some, I mean, the Twister is one that, like, I feel like a lot of people would pick, right? Yeah. Um, I felt like you know the, the sad part for me though, Josh. I didn't get to be there for a lot of them. I got to be there for for when he came back post military return. Mm-hmm. I guess if I had to pick one of those, the Hinata Mogano one did. And look, mm-hmm. and, and that 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 win has aged incredibly well since then. By the way, I know Mogano is fighting at one fifty five these days, but one that I got to see was definitely definitely that one recent time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Con, you're you're correct that like he kind of came in more and it's the tail end of his career and like you mentioned that kind of military, the the military service took years out of his career which was just an absolute shame. Um, for me I'd probably say my my favorite Korean zombie moment like like I said I mentioned a couple of them. Um, I'm actually gonna say the Dennis Bermudez win. Um, because that was over over four years out of, I mean and and like, it, it's so rare to come back after like a long hiatus like that. That's what he did, man. I mean, four years off, coming back to face a dog in Dennis Bermudez, who I remember correctly was, like, riding a really good win streak. And he just knocked him out in, like, I don't know, like, 40 seconds or something. Just ridiculous. I mean, just an absurd win. And that was his first fight in four years after the military stuff, after the loss to Aldo. Um, that was probably my favorite, one of my, my favorite Korean song moment. I still remember the roar of the crowd. Like, it was, it was fucking insane. But um, sticking with the main event, Kind of look at it from the alternate angle. What do you think could be next for Max Holloway? Obviously, we know the story here. Second win in a row. It has lost Alexander Volkanovsky three times. Granted, you know, the first two fights were close, which everybody on the planet has forgotten. Uh, but still, he's won four of his last five. He's not going to get a title shot. Who do you think makes sense for him next? Dude, that's, I, don't, I don't know if there's a correct answer. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually might be the best genuine way to put it. And look, I feel like the only fight you could give him, and we already had some discussions about this off air, but even then, you, you don't even have to give him this fight, is Ilya Teporia. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you want to give him Josh Emmett, which to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not really interested in any of the rematches between Yair and Brian Ortega at this time. I would, I, like I said, I would really like to see those guys fighting, try to fight again, because I, I think it's a perfect time for those two to fight because of the scenario that they're, they're in. Yair coming off a championship loss. Brian coming back from obviously his injury and kind of getting a shot back at that guy. It'd be like the perfect time for those guys to fight. So that's why I wouldn't want to see a matchup yet 
again against those guys, even though I think a fight against either one of those could could be really fun. But I genuinely believe this, Josh. There really, I don't think there is a a true correct answer. If I'm being blatantly honest, uh, I feel like if if you want kind of a, I don't even think it's necessarily a cop out, but I think maybe a move to 155. But even then, that doesn't even really interest me a lot. Uh, and unless Max is going to fight way down and fight a guy like Movistar, you know, I mean, that'd mm-hmm. probably be like the only other thing, but I don't even see that as a possibility at this time. I don't think they, I don't know. I don't think they would do that matchup for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, like you mentioned, there's not very, very many good options. I mean, Movistar, I don't think it's necessarily there. Um, I don't think a Yair fight makes sense right now. I mentioned, we talked about this a little bit in the green room, too. I said maybe Brian Ortega, but pro- I mean, that probably not, you know. Um, it's been a couple of years since they fought, but probably not. Um, Arnold Allen, no, just happened. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of names. I mean, in terms of who I want to see him fight next, I would love a bit like Saboria fight. I just don't think that's what makes sense. Um, given that he's probably going to fight for the belt. Um, maybe Josh Emmett, uh, Josh Emmett, you know what, Josh Emmett said his fight's probably, next fight's probably going to be a retirement fight, we could just have Max Holloway retire all the old, just, just retire all these guys, that'd be fucked up, could you imagine? <laughs> well, shit, dude, I mean, Korean Zabi, he's already done one, just think, so. you know, Max did a fight, it's in Barbosa too, man. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> shit, dude, probably, um, yeah, I mean, Max, maybe Max Giga, there's not many things that make sense, man. So it just it sucks for Max, but I think maybe maybe you should look at potentially doing a uh, a fun fight, maybe a, a lightweight. I don't even know who he would face, but you know maybe he get creative. Dustin, I feel like Dustin's the only one that makes like a lot of sense just because he has yeah. some history. Yeah, and it'd be a trilogy fight, so they're both not booked, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I do think it's about time to move on to the Coleman event because this fight was much better than I expected. We talked a lot of shit about it, so it only made sense that it was pretty entertaining. Uh, Anthony Smith picks up a split decision win over Ryan Spann. Uh, Anthony, I thought, looked really good early, but once again, the story, he gets rocked. He survives. Uh, this is a very controversial, controversial decision win for Lionheart. Uh, how would you score it, and what did you think about his performance? So, at, at the time, when I watched the fight live, I did think the third round ended up being close. Um but I, at, in that moment, I thought it was it was a close Ryan Span win. I wasn't like super up in arms about it. I will say when I heard Anthony Smith, I was a little bit in shock. Um, mm-hmm. but I do think it was a closer fight than people think. And uh, and funny enough, Josh, I didn't even know this after the fact. The biggest strike differential, and granted, quality strikes is a different story. The biggest strike differential was actually in the in the third round with Anthony Smith. Threw mm-hmm. a lot of he threw a lot of leg kicks out there. He threw you know he threw a fair bit on the hands too, uh, and I think funny enough the leg kicks that he threw ended up being like that slight bit that got him over. Brian uh, Spann obviously disappointed afterwards, but all I got to say, Josh, is I feel like for, look like I think no matter what I feel like like and this was kind of a how do I put it? Anthony Smith lucked out and. Ryan Spann didn't capitalize. That's exactly what I want. That's exactly how I want to word it. Ryan Spann didn't capitalize on this one, which one it would have been him getting a win back. Uh, obviously ending his loss. And he's not, I don't think he's on a, I think he just lost his last one. Uh, and on top of that, potentially getting a finish 
or the guy who finished him as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like he just kind of kind of let let it out, left it out there. Like he should have really gone for it and, and taken the Anthony Smith out there. I feel like he inherently kind of put himself in this position. And look, easier said than done. Anthony Smith was still throwing with power and vigor, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like there's a fight that that Ryan Span just kind of let slip away, man. I mean, I admittedly I scored the fight for Smith. Uh, rounds one and three. Um, if he gave round three to Spam, I wouldn't have had an issue with it. Uh, obviously, took round two when he reheard him. But yeah, look, dude, I just thought he let the someone one slip away. I mean, Anthony Smith was hurt bad in that third round, and Ryan Spam just let him off the hook, man. I mean, he he had him rocked. He was badly hurt. I thought the fight maybe didn't get stopped because of how bad Anthony Smith's yeah. eye was. Uh, but they let it go, and he was the more he was the more busy man. He landed the leg kicks like you mentioned. Uh, Span was throwing the bigger shots, but he was whiffing more. Um, I thought it was a fine decision, man. I mean, I didn't think it was that controversial. If he would have given Ryan Span, it wouldn't have had an issue. But for Anthony Smith, dude, I do got to say, um, 55 fights now, and obviously it was a big win to get back in the win column for him. Uh, he's getting rocked in just about every fight now. Um, are you are you a little bit concerned about his, his kind of recent last few? Because even with a big win here, I wasn't that impressed. I actually came out of it feeling more concerned than, like, feeling good about his chances moving forward. I mean, the guy has almost 60 pro fights, man. I mean, it was going to be a matter of time before we kind of started having these kind of thoughts in our mind anyways. And people kind of – it's funny. We didn't mention this in the main event, but people kind of brought up kind of the, kind of a similar thing in the main event. Which, I mean, we could double back to that here in a minute. Uh, we'll finish on Span and Smith first. But, yeah, I mean, it was going to – I mean, look, it's, it's a fact of life, man. It's probably – if you're – competing and fighting the way he does at times and taking the damage he does and taking the risk he does. And granted, he didn't get that Lionheart, you know, that, that Lionheart moniker just because, you know, he earned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Should we be concerned? I mean, I mean, dude, it, it's combat. I mean, no matter what, I mean, we should always be concerned to an extent, you know, to, um, mm-hmm. I, it, look, no matter what, I thought Anthony Smith, after his last his last views, has been on somewhat of a decline. It's just a little sad because you see that he has been evolving his game and trying to add to it through his last few fights. It's just kind of like the time and the durability is just against him now, and he won't we won't get to see the best of all of that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean. You're not wrong, like you mentioned, almost 60 pro fights, and this kind of thing happens, man, and I don't know, I just, I came out of this fight just feeling kind of, like, concerned, you know, and Anthony Smith, afterwards, he, he you know, he even called out Alex Bahia, and they, they kind of had, like, a back and forth, and it's like, you know, Anthony, like, man, like, I get it, but I, I mean, I I guess I don't, I just wasn't that impressed. I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I thought that round one, he actually looked pretty damn good. I thought he looked smooth out there. But, again, getting rocked and taking a shit ton of damage, it's like, man, you kind of got to wonder about, like, post-career stuff at this point. Because I don't think he's going to win a title. He's 35, nearly 60 fights, um, and took a lot of damage against a guy that he previously, you know, two years and ago, I, easily ran through. And, I mean, and, and kind of to argue it a little bit, I mean, yeah. you got to give credit to Ryan Spann. Ryan Spann's also made some improvements. He has that kind of power. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, you know, it's also... I'd say to an extent a matchup thing as well, you know. I don't think it's all just that, but you're not wrong. I mean, there is definitely some sort of president there. Which it's funny that you're mentioning this because I felt like more people mentioned this for the main event rather than for this fight because, and I think it mainly because of the 
somewhat controversial decision, which wasn't really controversial at all. Because mm-hmm. I heard people saying, like, man, you can tell Max is on the decline, man. You know, it's time to, uh, you know, I think, I think Max should just have fun fights now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, guys. You got to think about the kind of guy he was fighting, the kind of fight that guy was bringing. And like, and like I said, I mentioned this as well in the span fight. It's all matchup dependent, too, you know? You got to think about yeah. the way these guys are in their fights and what they put out there. Um, regardless, though, I do think that Anthony Smith is definitely getting to those twilight years of his career, whether or not he wants to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and, he's, and he's kind of already breaking down, man. Like, like I already said earlier, like you, you see it. It's been two two different kind of injuries in recent time, right? He's probably gonna have to take a decent bit of time again after this fight. It's just kind of uh you know what? And like I said, he's getting up in there in age. Recovery's just not the same anymore. <laughs> Losing that weight isn't the same. Like, plus that he has a bright future outside of competing. You know, he's already he has nothing left to prove. You know, he he fought for mm-hmm. a title. He beat Gustafson. He's beat some legends. He's one of the most entertaining guys at 205, I think, that you could ever watch. And uh, a very intelligent guy who articulates well, uh, who does great analysis and uh, puts out good thoughts. So no matter what, whatever he decides to do, I, you know, we'll, we'll, I think we'll be fine with it. Uh, I think the big thing is we just don't want to see Anthony Smith getting blasted out of there. And definitely the way Anthony Smith is, I feel like he could be hard-headed to – Make step away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you mentioned, it could be matchup dependent. Ryan's band is a huge hitter, so that is part of it. But um, let's see how he looks moving forward. Um, this was kind of a big test fight, I thought, for Anthony to see where he's at as a contender. And I don't think he necessarily passed the flying colors, but we'll have to see how things go moving forward. Um, nonetheless, man, in, in regards to the rest of the UFC Singapore card, which fights do you most want to talk about? There were a couple of very big ones. Oh, man. I'm going to skip Giga. I'm going to go to my boy, Rinya Nakamura, man. You see the potential. Uh, call him the fucking hybrid for a reason, man. Mm-hmm. He is so quick on the ground. And not, like, explosive. Not just explosive. Like, legitimately moves quick on the ground. And, like I said, he's already kind of shown potential on the feed by putting out a lot of guys. And this is a guy who started off as, you know, he was a wrestler. You know, that that's that's his uh, foundation. And has been able to put these guys out. And he, he, what I like that he said is, give me, give me three years and I'll promise you guys I, I will fight for a title or I'll be entitled kind of contention or something, which is something that I, I really respected because he just turned professional in 2021. I mean, I don't know how long he's been training MMA, but he just started his career in 2021 and already has you know, eight bouts under his belt. And he even, and it's funny, Josh, I said it last time. I mean, he's, I was like, Josh, he's, he is the Japanese bone nickel. He, he, he said it himself too. He said he's trying to be the Japanese bone nickel. So I'm kind of happy he kind of reiterated my comment there. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. I mean, he's your boy, dude. I mean, you call him, that's literally what he said last week. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was a big win by him. Very impressive. And, uh, we'll see what he does moving forward, dude. He really does have a shit ton of potential. Um, but I got a, Angel, we both know who I'm going to shout out. Well, no, Aaron Blanchard comes in, I talk about it every time, gets a huge win over Talia Santos, man. I mean, she just, sky's the limit, dude. I mean, it goes out, she, and especially after a really bad first round. Like, for me, it's like, you know how, like, we've talked about, like, certain wanting to see certain things from fighters? Like, 
I think the last two fights is really because I've always been high on her, but I've, I've it's these last two fights that I've really been like, okay, she's a future champ, you know, the Andrade fight where she kind of had a rough first round but turned things around to get the sub win over the former champ, and now facing Talia Santos, another young dog. We saw how good she was against Valentina Shevchenko, you know, and if she didn't break her orbital, who knows how things would have gone. And Talia Santos easily won that first round, but Aaron Blanchfield comes back in the second and the third and just pulls that in the name of decision win. I do got to ask, though, I mean, we talked a lot about potentially, you know, Yan Xiaonan taking on, um, well, fighting for the title, excuse me, against Wei Li. Um, in, in regards to, obviously, it's going to be different. And yeah, and obviously different divisions, but I mean, they've had, they have a situation now down to Strawberry, we went Strawberry, where Jan Jonan seems like a clear, a clear ch- a title challenger, and she may not get the nod. Um, what do you potentially think about, I think Aaron Blanchfield very clearly deserves it, but then you have a man in for Roe, Rose Nama Yunus fight happening, and there are other names. What do you think about potentially Aaron Blanchfield fighting for the gold next? I, it, look, it's, it's funny, cause, I feel like, and I and I kind of processed this because we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think no matter what is going to happen, whatever happens in the Valentina or Grosso fight, and regardless of what happens, well, I'm not going to say that, but depending how the Rose fight goes, because I think the Rose fight is going to influence a lot, I don't think they're going to give it to Aaron Blanchfield next. Uh but I think if she gets one more, she'll be right there. Like they're they're not going to prevent her if she gets another big win. Uh, but just kind of seeing based off kind of like this little kind of mini tournament they unintentionally kind of have going where they had Blanchfield and Santos and Manning and Rose, and funny enough, two two gals who you know who were showing a lot of potential right here. Mm-hmm. And and then obviously we have the Grosso-Shchenko rematch. Like it, you kind of see that they're kind of trying to narrow down who's going to be next in line. But I just don't think – I feel like a lot of things are going to have to go a certain way for Blanchfield to get that opportunity, and I just don't think they're going to line up, mm-hmm. which is which I don't have an issue with because I, I don't know what it is, Josh. I recognize she's good, but there's always something I like, I'm like a little unsure about with her. And no matter what, I, know, I mean, look, she's like, what, 24, 25? Yeah, she's literally. I can pull it up. I think she's even younger than that. She's twenty three. Twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, excuse me. And I'm and I'm like, she's already this good. I mean, I know no matter what, she's going to be there for it. So that's why mm. I don't I don't worry. I just I just feel like right now it's just like she she's shining through, but I just don't think she has it all fully together for some reason. And what and, and granted, mm. and, and you could always nitpick at all fighters and kind of like things that went on because like. The Jessica Andrade went good, but at the same time, you kind of see where Jessica's been in recent time. And like I said, you can do this with any fighter and their last few opponents. Tali Santos, first time back after, you know, being out for a while, but showed a lot of potential and talent. He could have arguably been champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and obviously she had the overall thing, and then we saw her eye got injured again in this fight or had a lot of swelling in that area. Regardless, I mean, she still came out and performed and did very well against all those gals who are completely elite. Uh, there's just something where I'm just a little... It's like, I, I feel like... A, just, one more, and, I, and I'll be convinced. Mm-hmm. Not not because I need any more convincing. I just want her to have that that fine tuning. Yeah, yeah. And let me be clear here. Like I, I brought up the the Yan Jonan Weili Zhang situation to say like that's a clear fight that they should make. Um, I don't think Aaron Blanchfield is that clear, just because I think that's a special situation. But I do think she clearly deserves a title shot. But if that's the case that you're bringing up, 
I get it. You know what I mean? If you're like, I want to see her take one more. She's only 24. There is no harm in it. I get I get it from that standpoint. Um, I think she obviously has earned it, ranked number two now, only behind Valentina Shevchenko. And she's in the um, mix no matter what. Like, that's, you know, yeah. I'm not, I mean, no matter what, she's in the mix. Yeah, exactly. It, but it just it just kind of depends on the direction they want to go ahead and go. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with they give one more. Like you mentioned, it's kind of like something like, something off. I You know, for me, it's like she uh, takes a lot of damage when she doesn't need to. Her striking outside of her jab, she has a really nice jab, you know. But outside of that, her striking's pretty iffy. Um, she, so if if you want to give her one more against like somebody like I don't even know who who she would fight up top. And, of she, and she has um, a lot of good intangibles, like like she has good. Yeah, colors. that's her fight IQ is huge. It's yeah. very very high. She, well, is that even? I don't even think it's necessarily fight IQ, Josh. She doesn't deviate from her game plan. You know what I mean? If there's something she wants to do, she'll she'll keep doing it. And if not, I'm sure you know. Obviously, I mean, that's where IQ comes into play. She'll make the change, but she's committed. She knows what she wants to do, which is already very good, especially for such a young fighter. And on top of that, like I said, her cardio is stellar. And she has shown a lot of toughness and a lot of willingness already against some very good gals who are older than her, have more experience than her, have fought some of the best of the best already. And like I said, there's, there's some little ripples there, but I'm, I'm, like I'm, like I'm saying, she's not that far from being like it. And it is kind of like, oh shit. I just I'm curious to see when it's gonna happen because I haven't seen that kind of switch yet. Because mm-hmm. when a, when a, there's a moment where a fighter turns the lead, Josh, where there's kind of the switch and you're like, oh fuck. Uh, for Wei Li, I mean, what fight could it? What fight could I say when I noticed that for Wei Li? I mean, I, I, I mean, I can maybe point back to to two different ones, but in different ways. I mean, this last performance for one, obviously the Xparza one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Volk with Max and Zombie, you know, uh, even in Yair, you know. Uh, but like I said, I, I, maybe there's sometimes like a specific one that you can kind of point to. Uh, but for me, it was Charles Charles versus Dustin. I was like, fuck, okay, this guy, you know, he, you know, he's he's doing good. He's gotten the wins. But even in the Dustin fight, I thought, like I said, for I, I, I told, I think I said on the podcast at the time, I'm like, you know, I feel like Dustin Poirier is the uncrowned king of 155. Well, he shut that shit down real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so there's also that, and then uh, and then one, and this is another Brandon Moreno when he beat Davison Figueroa the second time around. Mm-hmm. Or not second, the, when he beat him the first time around to capture the title after the draw, where he just looked, I mean, it was it was a completely different showing than from the first fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, give a couple of examples there. I mean, ultimately for me, um, I'm not sure of what I what they will do next. Um, I think Blanchard is the winner of, and especially because that fight is so close. I thought they positioned this fight as like, okay, winner totally gets the title shot. But also at the same time, they also have like you know related to the UFC France co-main event, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes, uh, also coming up. So. Um, very, very busy at the top of women's 125 pounds. Um, but, dude, as far as the rest of the card goes, a couple of other big wins. Giga Chikaze stopped our boy Bruce Leroy. His momentum, granted, suffered a broken hand, so that was part of it. But outside of that, what are the fights you most want to talk about, man? Oh, man. By the way, the, the, the terrifying finish. Waldo Cortez, Waldo Cortez Acosta over Lucas Bresky. I think I highlighted this fight last week. Bro, the way he fell was so bad. <laughs> I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that on Twitter, but that was a bad one. Uh, another highlight finish. 
This Shell Olivier chick versus Chidi Jaquani. Oh, man, they're so heartbroken about this one, man, Josh. I saw my boy Chidi was looking good, and then he yeah. got tagged, and that shit was not a hit. Broke my heart. Yeah, that one, that would suck to see. I mean, I, we're, we're big, ch- but hey, you were right though. You, you said that one's gonna end up finished no matter what, so. You, I mean, yep, you're, you're right there. You're not <laughs> fucking wrong. So you were, you were correct in your assessment, dude. Um, but yeah, that one sucked to see, and it's his third loss in a row, so I really hope they don't cut him, but, I mean, they've, they've done worse. Um, like they, junior, they, they kept yeah. Salmi, they kept Sam Alvey around, Josh. Come on, they got to. That's his Karate Combat's own Sam Alvey. Not I didn't right. include that in the rundown, but he just got signed, so good for Sam. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, this is a pretty solid card. Junior Toffa picked up a big win. JJ Aldridge got a big uh, stoppage win. Um, it was it was a fun card. It was a fun card. Granted, it started at like you know 4 a.m., but uh, outside of that, um, what would you rate UFC Singapore on a scale of one to ten? Over like just the main card or to overall. Let's just do overall. Why not? Probably like a like six and a half. That's fair. That's about what I put it. Yeah, I mean, look, you had names, you had, but there was nothing outside of the uh, Aaron Blanchfield Tallis Santos fight. There wasn't a lot on the line, and that matters a lot to me in fights, Josh. You know, I always bring this up, you know. And even for like stuff for like fight of the year, I'm like, look, the fight can be great, but when there's something on the line on top of that, it makes it just that much better. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. Um, and this this card really wasn't one of consequence, uh, which is mainly the reason why they had it at 4 a.m. Uh, I mean, probably, and it was it know? was still a strong main card. Don't get me wrong, the main card was pretty entertaining. Um, I'd say the Anthony Smith Giga fight kind of kind of left you with a little bit. But wanting a little bit more there, mm-hmm. but but outside of that, I'd say the other three fights or uh, four fights, I mean, on the main card provided very well. I mean, obviously, I know Junior Tava Parker Porter had a little bit of controversy with the cage grab, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, they're still bangers. I mean, Rinya Nakamura, dominant performance. Aaron Blanchfield keeps shining through, and then Max and Tava both with finishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean. You kind of you laid it all out there. It was an all right card. It was not that one. Not much of consequence happened, but uh, it's a fun one. And you know what, Angel? Hopefully, this weekend's card will also be a fun one because we got UFC France going down from Paris at the Accor Arena in the main event. Cyril gone back roughly a year after the last UFC France card. Last time out, he picked up a knockout winner tied to Ivasa. He's coming back home, this time to face the rising Sergei Spivak, the polar bear, riding a three-fight winning streak. 28 years old, he's just now hitting his prime one, six of his last seven only losses to Tom Aspinall. This is his big step up. Obviously, he beat Derek Lewis. He's beaten a couple other names like Greg Hardy, Alexi Olenek, but this is his first real time facing somebody inside the top five. What do you think about this fight, man? Look, like I told you in the in the green room, I feel like... This is the the battle of recency bias. But if you take that out, I feel like the answers are more clear, is what I said to you. I'm kind of quoting myself exactly there. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, it's it's a very clear path. I mean, I'm still picking – I'm picking Cyril Gaon, Josh. I think – look, he did look – we've seen the deficiencies in the wrestling department. But I did see that on his Instagram. He brought in a, a French judoka Olympian who got, like, silver uh, at Rio – 
So you you kind of and granted it's judo, you know, not wrestling, but you, you see that he's trying to add to the arsenal there. Um, and on top of that, he's, he's you you know his his stand up ability. You know he's very mobile. He's willing to you know he's going to move a lot. So he's speedboxing to have to come and and stop him, get him get him against the cage, get him down. I don't think like it's gonna be easy to take down for Sergey Spivak. Uh, and Spivak going backwards is not the same fighter going forward. Spivak does very well when he's going forward, but not backwards. For Sorokin, Sorokin doesn't mind being on the back foot and doing damage either. So, because he's one of the few guys who would probably hit while going backwards, which is not an easy thing. And if you mm-hmm. let him come forwards, it's a done, it's a done deal. Um, I think Sorokin's gonna get it, Josh. I think we'll kind of. Be like, okay, we kind of remember where we left off. And and look, nothing against Sergey Spivak. You know, his wins have been good. I think his sitting is still very high. He's very young. He's 28 years old. He's a heavyweight. He has a lot of experience already. But, you know, he did get that. He had a win over Derek Lewis. We know he isn't very good on the ground and was kind of on the loss streak there. Sakai, who had lost like four or five in a row before he won his last one. And Greg Hardy, who doesn't even participate in the UFC anymore. Um, and before that, he had a loss to Tom Aspinall, who... We've seen how good Tom Aspinall potentially could be. And then wins before that, no disrespect, not very impressive either. Jared Vandero, who's now fighting at 205 or middleweight, I think. Alexi mm-hmm. Olenek, who probably should retire. And then Carlos Felipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Um, you met, like, you, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I mean, look, I, I've really kind of gone back and forth on this, like, a little bit. Um, stylistically, this UC France main event, uh, Sergey Spivak on the mat, very, very solid. And and we've kind of seen if he can get Sirogon to the mat, you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna you know, you're gonna be able to have some success against him. I mean, John Jones basically, you know, in the words of Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, he basically sat on his chest for ninety seconds and he said, you know, stop daddy. Uh <laughs> that was the case of Sirogon versus John Jones. And then the Nganu fight, he got ragdolled by one legged Nganu. Uh, but in this case, man, I think Sergey Spivak, he's much slower than those guys. I don't think he has as anything on the feet to pose those, those guys, like to pose in comparison to those guys, which is partially what led to the takedowns for Jones and, and obviously Nganu. Um, I don't think Sergey Spivak has much to pose on the feet. I don't think Sergey will be afraid of that. I also think he's going to be much faster. I think he's going to be able to be more light on the feet. And I also think he just knows that he needs a win. Like, if Sergey is, I mean, it won't end his UFC career. But he's already coming off one of the worst performances in the UFC title fight ever. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take him to get the win here. I think he's going to rebound. And I think even if Sergey Spivak, like, even if he can get him down, I don't think he'll be able to stop him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I have not been that impressed with a lot of his groundwork. Obviously, he's submitted Derek Lewis, but outside of that, that's his only sub-win in the UFC save for a tie to a Vasa win. So, um, Would you yeah, be surprised I mean, if Spivak won here? Like, this is, this is something that we haven't even, like, yeah. put out there because, you know, we're kind of, you know, I would I not be surprised if, if Spivak won here. I would not I, actually be surprised. I'd I just be, think, yeah. I'd be ahead. in shock, though. Like, I really would be to an extent. Because that would really shake up the division. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, fuck. Okay. Like, that, that's a big win. You know? Like, Bayer Jack Lewis is a good win, but at the time he beat him, though, you know, kind of, you know, it kind of wasn't a surprise to an extent. Yeah. But if he beats Rogan here, Josh, I mean, that's, there's some potential future title implications there. Maybe not. I wouldn't say right after this win, but, you know, maybe one more big win, and he's right there. Mm-hmm. And granted, this is, like, a very, like, normal thing for heavyweight, man. You you get, like, you beat one of the top three guys, or, or, or not even three, five, and then maybe one more, you're probably in line for a title. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and look, dude, like, I would be surprised if, um, I would be kind of surprised if Sturgis be back one, but I wouldn't be that shocked, man. I just think, like, stylistically, he has the ability to get it done. Like, what he's good at is what Cyril Gaon is bad at, or not bad at, but can struggle with at times when facing top-level fighters. So, yeah, I mean, I would not be that shocked, but, dude, you're right. It would completely shake things up. If he can come in here and get a win over Cyril Gaon, that would definitely shake things up. Um <laughs> Dane's, could you imagine John Jones, Sergei Spivak, dude? Like, are you down? <laughs> I mean, Josh, you were trying to convince me to to believe a Brock Lesnar versus John Jones. Hey, Brock Lesnar versus John Jones is, like, way more feasible. But, uh... <laughs> Do you actually believe that? Holy fuck. Get Probably, me. yeah. I be- well, because I think, I think Brock could come back tomorrow and get a title shot. So... That's insane. Isn't that insane? Like, that's even a possibility? It is kind of insane, but it's, it's not. It's, like... It's not that crazy, though. I mean, UFC 300's coming up. They they own the WWE now. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It'd be easy to get a deal. Oh, yeah, dude. We're about to get Ronda, too. Ronda's going to, like... Well, like we're some... going to talk about that later, though. She's, she's going to fast-track her pregnancy. They're going to bring in Matt Riddle, too. She's going to fast-track her pregnancy. They're going to they're gonna sign Jake Hager, a.k.a. Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger. They're going to bring <laughs> great fatal round of retirement for that fight. Like Jesus Christ. Anyway, anyways, man, we should move down to the co-main event because, like we Gable mentioned, Stevenson with his MMA debut. <laughs> we should move on down to the co-main uh, because, like I did mention, this is a big one down at Women's Strawweight. Rose Namajunas yeah. coming uh, coming back for the first time since her loss to Carla as far as the last May. That was probably the worst UFC fight of all time. Uh, taking on Men and Faroe, ten and one, uh, won ten fights in a row. Only loss was to Liam McCourt back in 2018. Undefeated in the UFC, last defeated Caitlin Shukagian. Uh, depending on how this fight goes, could potentially get a title shot, but obviously it's it's very dependent on how this fight goes, man. Uh, what do you think about this one, man? Obviously, Man of Rose looks very, very impressive, but Rose, whenever she's on, she's on. No, she's on. Look, for me, this is the main event. Uh, for me personally, like, and and obviously the heavyweight fight is super exciting, super fun as well. Uh, but the like I say, implications are everything, man. I mean, what's on the line here potentially, and uh, if Manny gets a win over. Rose and obviously Rose coming up with weight class. I mean, there's a there's a lot here. There's a lot of substance here, um, for uh, to to create generate some sort of uh, entertainment for everybody. I mean, there's there's so much on the line uh, for both these gals. I feel, and uh, I mean, I, I've been a big man and fan since ever she's come into UFC. Ever since she made her debut, I like calling her the French Phenom. She is uh, very talented on the feet. Uh, and early on in her career, there was some issues with the ground game. We, we haven't seen any of it yet in the UFC. I'm curious to see what kind of game plan Rose comes out with and if she does decide to take this fight to the ground. And obviously that's another big question. How is Rose going to look at this weight class with the added muscle? Uh, how is that going to affect her, her mobility? Or how much can it add to her game with maybe, maybe Rose will have a little bit more pop behind her hand than her punches, you know? Um, I will say though, and look, and predicting Rose fights are like impossible. Because you don't know what Rose you're going to get. But I think she is focused. I, I do want to believe that. Because you saw she's dialed in. She's putting on the weight. Uh, she's trying to build up that muscle. And she wants to shake things up. I, I guess she felt like there was a need for it or something. She needed to do something different. And uh, I think this is a good matchup for her. Uh, I don't think it's catered necessarily to her. But it, depending on how Manon looks on the ground, if the fight does go to the ground, we could see Rose have a lot of success. I, will, I, I do think Rose overall is a 
more complete and better mixed martial artist than Manon. Now, as a stand-up fighter, I might shock some people here. I think Manon might have a slight edge on the feet. Slight. Not a lot. I think it'll be tight. It'll be close. I could be completely incorrect here. I think Rose could – but I could also see Rose completely putting on a, a uh, you know, stand-up master class. But uh, we'll see on that night. But I, I'm, I'm going to go Rose for this one, Josh. But I, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Manon won. It's only three rounds. Uh, anything could happen. Yeah, and that's exactly the reason why I am taking Manon for Rose. Um, I think there's too many unknowns of Rose Namajunas for me to feel good about this fight. She's admitted that she essentially was going to retire after the Carla fight. She considers herself retired, uh, but, you know, she felt God calling to her in that Same. She, still had, she had more to do. And for me, that's not exactly a great reason to fight. So I'm going to go ahead and not, no, I mean, jokes aside, I mean, she looked terrible in the, the Carla fight. Uh, she's moving up a division. Um, she's taking on somebody undefeated who's much bigger, been active. I just got to take Mana for Rose, especially three rounds. I think it was five rounds. We haven't seen Mana take five-round fights, so um, I'd be more hesitant. But in a three-round fight with all the unknowns, come on, man. It's got to be Mana for Rose all the way. Look, I'm, I, to an extent, I'm on the same boat. I'm still going Rose, but I, I would feel a lot. I would feel like Rose is a lock for me if it is five rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, dude. I mean, you're probably not wrong to, to pick Rose because at her at her peak, she's absurdly good. The question is, is she at her peak? I don't think this she is, is this is a continuation of me finally picking a fighter after not picking him after so long, and then continuously fucking me. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna go immediately it, wrong. Yeah, you know, just like when I picked her with Carla after not picking her for I think any of her fights in recent time. I think I might have picked her for the rematch against Andrade, but yeah. dude, like. I just wouldn't even be surprised if Rose just fucked me here again. Yeah. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, as far as the rest of the car goes, it's not the deepest one, but there are a couple of high-profile names. Uh, which fights are you most looking forward to on UC France? I mean, we've got to go one down. A banger that I never thought about. saint Benoit. Is it Benoit or Benoit? How do you say it? Uh, Benoit, I believe. saint Denis Benoit. Against Diego Moses, a banger I've never thought about. Also, this was like a relatively. I feel like we didn't see this guy fight that long ago. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. only been it's only been two months. You got Ismael Bonfim got to finish in the first round, and I feel like it's been a while since we've seen Thiago as well. Uh, actually, it was at the start of this year when he beat uh, Melis. Mil- I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name, but I like him. Costa in Brazil got to finish over him in the second round. Regardless, mm-hmm. though. I think that's a fun matchup, potential banger there. Thiago Moses is a guy who I think, if he can improve some things, man, he can get back into the ranking and make some noise. He's only, I mean, once again, only 28 years old, old young, fights out of American top team, has a great jiu-jitsu game. Um, I thought gave Islam a relatively competitive fight, you know, mm-hmm. took him to the fourth round, didn't make it easy for him. Uh, a lot of scrambling in that. I think his ceiling is very high still and has a lot of potential. I don't know if he'll become UFC champion, but I think he could potentially put himself in the mix at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, man. And, like, let's just go ahead and say that that Benoit St. Denis, Thiago Moises fight, I mean, in terms of, like, pure fights. Fight of the night? Maybe the best fight on the card, yeah. I mean, straight up. I mean, both of those guys are very entertaining. They're both riding win streaks. And Benoit St. Denis is just a great prospect. I've said that since his debut. He has a lot of potential. A young kid, still in his 20s. Um, and his ability to rebound after suffering a loss in his UCA debut was very impressive to me. So I'm really looking forward to him coming back. 
Uh, the return of Vulcan Uzdemir. Uh, no time, Vulcan Uzdemir. Looking forward to him coming back, taking on UFC newcomer Bogdan uh, Guskov, uh, who I believe 14-2 and two out of Russia, 30 years old. Let's see how he does in his debut. By the way, um, all that guy's wins are almost – I mean, I think actually all his wins are finishes. I shit you not. Yeah, they're really they're – really, you know, Volgan also welcomed Yuri Prozaka to the UFC, so. I'll never, I'll never forget that. I was at the gym. And yeah. I, dude, and I'll never forget him, like, I was like, is he fucking with him? Like, I, I, there was a little, I mean, it's not like he was, but I'm like, this guy's holding something back. And then mm. he put Vulcan out, bro, and I was like, I fucking knew it. I knew there was something there. I knew there was some heat somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, he's, he's definitely, he's welcoming some high-profile guys to the UFC. Uh, we'll see if Bogdan Guskov can have as good of a knockout win as Yuri did. Um, probably not, but, you know. Doubtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doubtful. Uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, who, it's got, they got the return of Reese McKee on here from a Hamzad opponent. Uh, Ferdy Basharat is back. Banger. Uh, Zara Farndo Santos. One women's 145. Never die, Angel. It's listed at 140 here. It's, I, it is, it, that is correct. It is not listed at 145. It's Zara Farndo Santos is one of the UFC's, uh, I believe, few women's 145ers left, so. 145, never die. Exactly. 145, never die. I just, I just so. realized she's 39. She's going on 40 this year. Yeah. She's on a three-fight losing streak. I mean, it's kind of like the perfect scenario if she loses here for them, right? Yeah, they're really hoping she loses this one so they can just go ahead and cut her out, right? Uh, taking on Jacqueline Cavalcanti, uh, 26 years old, uh, fighting a bantamweight, 5-1. and one. Previously suffered a loss on the PFL. Challenger Series to Martrina Janajaroa, who went on to fight in the PFL, I believe, uh, not finale, but playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, she's, she's you know, we'll we'll see if Zarfar and Dos Santos can pick up a win over, uh, over our girls. Just Jacqueline Cavalcanti. Um, because we really got to see her coming back and then fight for the vacant women's 145 title, Angel. I mean, we're still waiting for the vacant title, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> this card took some hits, man, but they managed yeah. to get 11 fights on it. I mean, at one point, it was almost 10 fights, and, I mean, shit, they still haven't weighed in, so it could potentially be less by fight day. Yeah, correct. They did have a lot of canceled fights, man. This one was just brutal. Like, I think it's, who was it? I looked at it earlier. Is it Clayton? Yeah, Clayton Rodriguez actually missed weight. Two times recently, he and his win over Shannon Ross, he missed weight. He came in at one twenty seven rather than one twenty six or you know the featherweight or uh, flyweight limit. And then he was supposed to fight Tatsuya Tyra uh, three months ago. Same scenario, except he missed by even more this time. It was a uh, hundred. He weighed in at one hundred twenty nine. So kind of kind of a little sketchy for the UFC there, right? Because he's already <laughs> already missed weight two times recently. They've already they already lost. They're already short one fight of what they were going to be for this card. At one point it was 10 and there's still time to lose more. So, UFC could get boned here. They could. They could. Um I got optimism though. I mean, they I I think they've kept they kept it together. They somehow kept it together so far, so. I think um, yeah, I mean, I think they'll be fine too. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Yeah. But Nonetheless, man, um, we do have some news we can go ahead and talk about. Because just last night, Angel, Dana White gave us an iconic rant against Aljamain Sterling and Marab Dawalashvili, uh, outwardly asking him, why the fuck are you in this sport? 
Um, essentially, we're going Angel. We're, we're going over it again uh, over the potential title shot at 135 pounds. Um, Marab came out. Aljamain and Marab have been consistent. They did say that, uh, hey, you know, Aljo deserves the title shot. If he's not going to get the title shot, then it has to be Marab. Um, Dana doesn't seem intent on giving it to either one of them, and his reasoning was that these two don't plan to fight each other. And he went off on them following the Dana White contender series, uh, which happened last night. Angel, I know you saw the rant. We disagreed on this a bit in the green room, but uh, what did you think about the situation, man? Like I said, I I, I get both sides. I I don't I don't think it's just black or white. Um, I think there is a gray area in there. Uh, at the same time, you know, there's I, I mean I and we've talked about this already in the past, right? Um. But look, like, like I said, I mean, they were, as far as Sean, they were never going to give him a rob, at least not now. Um, it's, and these guys made it clear they didn't want to fight each other. There was a plan laid out there. And, uh, pisses Dana off, but Dana, you know, Dana knows these guys are cool. You know, there's, he knew this was all the, a possibility. And I mean, if he knew this was going to be, if there was even a potential this outcome. I'm mean, not even Dana, but matchmakers or whoever's all in charge. Eight, you know, agents. I feel like they could have maybe slowed down Rob's moving up the rankings to an extent. Granted, you can't really do that because if he's winning, well, you got to give him harder matchups. You know. Um, I don't know. It's it's a not not so complicated situation that's being made complicated in, mm. intentionally when it shouldn't be. I think that's actually something that hasn't been said that that I that I should put out there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we have talked about this a fair bit, so we're not going to spend much time on it. But this does just kind of confirm that, uh, yeah, Aljo and Marab. Sorry, fellas, you're not going to be getting that title shot anytime soon. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much to say out of it outside of that, but it did just break, so we do have to. I did feel like throwing it in there. Just disappointing, man. Just disappointing. Um, I've never understood his 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 hatred towards towards Marab and uh, and towards the Aljo thing because this is not the first ever time that two teammates have been in the UFC, and it's not the first ever time that this type of situation has happened. And it's not exactly like Marab has a fight style that they were dying to give him a title shot anyway. Like when when did Marab deserve a title shot after he beat Piotr Jan? when the fight, when Aljo versus Sean was already scheduled. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really give a fuck what Dana says about the situation. They're kind of just working backwards from their conclusion. Uh, they were never going to give a title shot to Marab, and they kind of just want a reason to not give a title shot to Marab and Aljo. So this gives them an excuse to give it to Cheeto. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but I did see that make a lot of headlines. I did want to get your quick thoughts on that. Um, cause it's been a while since we've seen Dana kind of be that upfront about how much he hates a fighter or a pair of fighters. So, um, interesting nonetheless. However, Angel, we do have some bigger news. This just, just, just broke recently. And we've actually briefly discussed this because Dana White shut it down. But Angel, you, you should never believe his lies. Never, <laughs> be- never believe Dana White's lies. Uh, the Daily Mail came out with a report that Ronda Rousey, who recently had a hard out on her uh, WWE contract. She decided to leave um, just just earlier this month. 
There's been a report from the Daily Mail that says that she is now working on a UFC 300 return for next year. Now, we, this is something that we, we've both kind of briefly discussed, and we've kind of said, like, I could see this happening. I actually previously said, like, Ronda coming back for a full run? No chance. For UFC 300, maybe a one-off? I could see it happening. I will ask, do you buy this report at all? Do you think there's even a slight possibility that we could see Rowdy Ronda Rousey back at UFC 300? Well, for one, I think Dana already came out and said no, right? Like, it's not an actual thing they're working on, right? He came out uh, UC, the night of UC 292. Yeah, so, I mean, it's already... And also, isn't Ronda having a kid? I could be wrong. Uh, Ronda is not having it. She previously had a kid. All right. Uh, I thought something like that had been going on, or so there was potentially something like... Regardless, though, I like. I feel like if this was going to happen, it should have... If she was ever going to do a return, it was going to happen sooner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if she does, I mean, if they can convince her somehow, I mean, that'll be big. I mean, look, Connor coming back next year. You're telling me a UFC 300 card potentially with Connor McGregor and Ronda Rousey doesn't get people going a little bit? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like Dana went ahead and shut it down, but I don't really – people should just never really care or believe what Dana White says. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't – I'd watch it. I just – I genuinely don't think it will happen. Um, I think that she does have a bunch of money. She could just go into retirement if that's what she wants, but I think it makes sense. I mean, she's still in – she's still in, like, 35, dude. So it's like – and now that, and that, that division that she'd be coming back to, women's 135, I mean, Angel, would you, would you be that surprised if, if Ronda Rousey could step back in and just beat Juliana Pena? I wouldn't. No. I mean, no, that division is, with all due respect, not as deep as the two other women's divisions. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I, I would, you know, I if if she if she wants to do it, it's up to her to do it. You know what I mean? Um, she has she has the ability to come back and be competitive. I think. Round is what thirty six now. She's going on thirty seven next year. Thirty five, thirty five. Yeah. You know, like. I mean, there's not, you know what I mean? Like, the time would have been maybe, you know, a few years. I would say maybe, like, you know, two, three years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's been no, I don't, I don't fault you for feeling that way. You don't think so? No, I don't fault you for feeling that way, but I also think that I think women's MMA, typically, like, they have more, more no, longevity. I'm, oh, no, I mean, I, I mean, I always say that, too. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like if she – and, look, if they want to capital, like, if they if it would have been, like, a really good time to capitalize on it, and granted, Amanda was still around, she should have been back a little sooner, you know what I mean? Mm. Or, or or this year, you know what I mean? Like, this year would have been the time, you know, like, right as Amanda was leaving, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, damn, I just missed Amanda, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it would have been the time – like, this was the deadline, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, you're you're not necessarily wrong. I think it just comes down to how you personally feel about it. I think that she could come back, step back in, and be a huge deal regardless. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I I do I do see your point, and she's also lost a lot of star power. I mean, I I don't. A lot of WWE fans, I can tell you, didn't really give a fuck about her 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 second run, and it wasn't very good. It was not well received. So no, uh, I mean her, but her first one was really good though. Like her, her yeah, was- her first run was very well received, but then she took the time off, and her second run was pretty. Terribly received, so I don't, you know, I don't know, but um, regardless, um, I think 
it could happen. I give it, I'd give it honestly like a solid like 30 to 40% chance of happening. I'd give it like 30% chance. Low, but still possible. You know what I mean? Um, that's, that's probably the best way I put it. Um, that being said, I do think it's about time to move on because this is probably the biggest news of the day. Um, it's not, it hasn't made all the headlines yet because it came out like literally like in an, like an hour before we started filming. Saudi Arabia has invested $100 million into the PFL. They have purchased an ownership stake. Um, obviously Saudi Arabia's been throwing a lot of money around in sports and they will now be helping, uh, fund the UFC's main competitor. Um, there will be a Saudi Arabia uh, PFL league specifically as well. There will also help bankroll like the entire company. Uh, the deal is worth 100 million. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, we already know Saudi Arabia is even working with one of their their main stars, Francis Ngannou, for that fight mm-hmm. with Tyson Fury in October, dude. What do you think about this news? We've talked a lot of, in, in the past about how potentially the way for somebody to compete with the UFC would honestly to be to get some fucking Saudi money, and that's what PFL is doing. Well, the fact that they just got this money and look at it is—is is all this money, all this funding going directly to make like an infrastructure in Saudi Arabia, or is, is it like, yeah. or is this just, or does this money belong to the PFL? And I'm guessing you know this, the people who give them the money are obviously have influence in what direction it goes. Yeah, this is 100 million dollars straight from the Saudi wealth fund that'll go directly to the PFL for their use. They will have to make it PFL uh, Saudi Arabia League or at least to host more events over there. As but part of the uh, compensation. Correct. For this $100 million, they can essentially do what they want with it. Well, I mean, it's going to sound – I mean, look, if they do get Bellator, this is fucking massive, dude. Yeah. If they got if, – I mean, if, if if they did actually just get Bellator, I mean, this is probably the best-case scenario. I think they're if, – if, if, if in a few months here it comes out that they have this money, they got Bellator, I think that the UFC officially has an actual competitor. Mm-hmm. And there's no question about it. That's kind of a very confident, very out there statement, but I think that it actually presents some challenges. Mm-hmm. They'll have, they will have, they'll still have to build. They'll still have to, you know, make stars. They'll still have to do a lot of things, but they officially become, in my opinion, a serious, serious competitor. And especially if they get away from this, uh, this bullshit tournament format. This is this is actually the biggest news, which I I just actually got this important detail, Angel. This is this so they they are going to be investing more than one hundred million dollars. The point um, behind this, so so here's actually here's a couple of quick things I should clarify. So per the release, they obviously acquired a, mon- a minority ownership stake along with this one hundred million dollar deal. So that they're going to launch PFL Mina. Middle East, North Africa is uh, what that stands for. PFL MENA in 2024. Um, and it's a part of the promotion's plan to la- launch six regional leagues by 2026 to get more smaller feeder leagues across the, uh, the world. But, Angel, here's the big thing. So that $100 million will go straight to the PFL. But in addition to that, they're also going to help underwrite a substantial amount of PFL pay-per-view events. So essentially, on those Big pay-per-views that they're going to do, Saudi Arabia is apparently going to pay for it to take the hit, which means they can go out there and sign. I mean, I don't want to say they have a blank check, but like Saudi Arabia is, if they're the ones paying, they can get anybody. Look, I think, and look, when we know where the big thing, and I think the the moment we'll know if they can compete is if they can 
and this is applies to if anybody comes through and does this, if they can pull a big star away from the UFC. Or I mean, they've already done one. But you know what I mean, though. I mean, yeah, they already done with Francis. But if they can sign like a, and I mean like straight up take, like a Robert Whitaker, and I'm talking like I'm not even talking like easy. I'm talking like, and I'm kind of giving you like a little like a Robert Whitaker, say like a Dustin, and then as a champ like Brandon Moreno, like that'd be fucking huge. And not even talking like heavy hitters like a fucking Colby Covington, Israel Adesanya. Guys, they do kind of at this time move the needle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's 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 going to be interesting, man. I mean, I think this is we've talked a lot about what can actually impact the UFC, but the UFC and, and this lawsuit, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I was really about to say between the UFC antitrust lawsuit, which we talked a lot about, where the UFC could be forced to pay out billions of dollars, which is fucking crazy, but. They have that ongoing at the same time that the PFL is coming through and, like, working with Saudi Arabia, and they're getting over $100 million in funding. Like, this, this is exactly what I would get. Like, Dana, like, shitting on Marab and shitting on Aljo, and, like, and even, like, other examples, like the Wideman one and not letting Joe Lozon retire in Boston. And there's one, like, every week where Dana's beefing with somebody or shitting on somebody. It's like, man... I'd recommend you go and look at the fucking clock, man. Like you're running, like you're running out of time for you to to kind of have your dictator role. You know what I mean? When does this all now, blow up, Josh? What year? Huh? When does this all blow up? What year? Well, the trial is expected to begin as as, as soon as like um the, the if, okay. So essentially, the Ninth Circuit Court can go ahead and take up the UC's appeal. Uh, within the next, I want to say, two or three months. If they don't take up the appeal, the trial can start immediately. So we could be looking at a trial by the end of the year. And the PFL, they're looking for their pay-per-view series to start next early next year. And Bellator is going to have their 300 event and, coming up. And Bellator has their 300 event. And I'm not sure exactly when they'll be shut down or, or whatever, but Bellator's time is, is – they're a ticket too. So, so 20, 2025, 2026, right? Like that's when we're looking at these big – Moments. I disagree. With you. I think we're already there. I, I think we're already, already there. Yeah, and, we're I mean, just, and we just don't notice it. I think. I think we're already. We're. We are in the MMA Cold War. We're, that's what we're in right now, Angel. We're oh. in MMA Cold War with the U. With the UFC's lawsuit. I wonder how and, the Civil War is going to be. <laughs> with the UFC's lawsuit um, and the PFL's recent success and even one championship having recent success as well, it feels like we're on the verge of something really big. Now, one championship isn't even the same league. Of this. Like, I don't think we can properly convey to the audience and to our fans how big of a deal this is. Like, Saudi Arabia has the money to essentially do whatever they want. If PFL starts, like, gaining traction and Saudi Arabia decides, wait a minute, this is actually going really, really well. We should throw more money at this, or we should do this or that. Like, it's off to the races. You know what I mean? It doesn't even have to be like that. Like, we saw what having a competitor, one competitor, live golf, did for golf, dude. They forced the PGA to settle in, like, combined leagues. You know what I mean? Like, for all we know, that could be what happens. I I doubt it, because UFC just had, had the whole deal with the WWE, and they just merged and so on and so forth, but, like, would you be that surprised if like PFL comes in, starts wrecking shop, and they out and like UFC has to you know sell some off to Saudi Arabia or make some sort of deal with them? I wouldn't. 
Because th- this is so much money that it's I like, want that boom, do. though. Like, that's what I'll know for a fact. Like, I want that. Like, this is a big, but I want to see it, though. Like, I want to see yeah. them sign, like, two, three big guys. Like, you know, they signed, you know, whoever. They pulled someone from one. They signed Fairtex, and they signed Izzy from over here, and they signed Moreno, you know. Or they got Amanda out of retirement. Something wild. I mean, I don't think Amanda's going to come out of retirement. Cause she, well, that's besides the point. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I want to see that. That fuck you punch, you know what I mean? I want to see him yeah. sock the UFC in the face, and I don't know how that's gonna. I don't know exactly how they're gonna do it, but I want to. I want to see that, whatever that is, because it hasn't happened yet. We're getting there. We see the ball is rolling. Like this is round one, Josh. You know, we're feeling them out. What's gonna happen in round two, three, four, four, and five? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dude, exactly, exactly. We, I, I just feel like we're we're on the verge of it, and um, this is the big thing. This is this I cannot properly convey just how massive this is for the USC and in all of MMA in general. I mean, to have a competitor come in here and PFL already had a bunch of investor money, which is how they were able to sign Ganu and sign Jake Paul and sign this guy and that guy. But Saudi Arabia giving them over a hundred million dollars and specifically helping them on the pay per view series. Like if it's true that they're gonna take a hit on the pay per view series, that means that like, dude, like they can go out, I mean, sky's the limit, dude. Like, literally. Like, that's who they need is the big stars for those pay-per-view events. And that's going to be their main draw. That's the thing they're trying to really, really work on. And so, hey, dude, like, here's, like, here's a blank check to go out and sign whoever. And granted, there's not many big MMA free agents right now. But, like, if if everybody knows that PFL has $100 million to spend, and you're somebody who's looking down the barrel of like, okay, well, I could re-up with the UFC for 110 and 110, or I can take my chances. I think more and more people are probably going to take their chances. But that's just my that's just my feeling. I don't have anything to guess on. And obviously, we still have to wait and see. This is very much wait and see. This is very, very bad news for the UFC, but we still have to wait and see out there. I mean, are. and also, this money could just get to waste and not be capitalized on, and everything could just yeah, not work out for them. Yeah, I mean, PFL could, PFL's made some bad decisions in the past. Who knows? They can make more of them. So, um, nonetheless, man, nonetheless, uh, I think we should go ahead and move on because Angel EA UFC five EA Sports UFC five. We've seen some teasers. We've seen some trailers. We got a bunch of news that broke. On the cover of the game will be the great Alexander Volkanovski and Valentina Shevchenko, but that's not it, dude. We got some more details. Fyodor Emelianenko, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson are going to be pre-order bonuses. Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua serve that purpose for UFC 4. But also, dude, this game's going to be rated M for Mature, first time ever in the series, and it's going to be slated for release in October. A lot of details. But give me your anticipation level for the game, man. I mean, look, I, I've played two of the UFC games ever, and, I mean, they've all been just all right. I know they're doing – they're going to have, like, actual skill-based matchmaking, which I think can be a good thing for kind of newer players or just anybody who kind of want to come – kind of play off and on casually, you know, and not have to, like, get on and just get your ass kicked by a fucking Max Holloway, man. Yeah. So I think there's some positive to it. And as far as the cover – the cover people, I mean, I'm, I'm not, are you surprised? Like, come on, Josh, who else are they going to put on there? Well, yeah, I am I am pretty surprised about Valentina, though. Could you imagine if she loses again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Josh, were <laughs> they, 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 they going to put on the Bantamweight GOAT, Algermaine Sterling? <laughs> come on, Josh, like, 
Yeah, dude. Actually, it was supposed to be Aljamain before he left. It was going to be Aljamain and Valentina. They were going to be on the cover. Dude, did you imagine if they would have done Like, they had it ready, and it was actually – they were like, okay, well, we have two options. So, Aljamain wins, we'll do Aljamain. But if Sean wins, we got to have Sean cover ready. <laughs> I'm actually surprised they didn't put Sean on the cover, dude. I think what that would have made so much sense. It would have been the time, but the, even the special edition is, is Izzy. Yeah, correct. I didn't say that. The special edition of the game is Izzy, but – um. Yeah, dude, I'm psyched for this. Fight Night Champion was the greatest uh, Fight Night game, in my opinion. Although, although Round 2 was pretty great. Round 3 was pretty great. Um, and that game was rated M. UFC 5 being rated M? I got I got high hopes, dude. Like, you know, like, let's, let's, let's have some fucking fun, you know? Like, let's, let's make a crazy fucking story. Let's, let's have a crazy story mode that just doesn't make any sense, like Fight Night Champion. Let's fucking do it. You know what I mean? Let's have, let's have some fun. Um, I'm actually really hyped for this. I'm really, really hyped. Granted, it's only been just a couple of small announcements, but finding out that it was rated M, you know, Fedor gonna be in the game, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali? Exactly. Like, this is gonna be crazy, so I'm Who very excited. they announced? There was another person. It was Mike Fedor, Tyson. Ali, Tyson. Was there another one? I felt like there was another one in there. Uh, not to my knowledge. Oh. But... They I'm sure, pretty, I'm sure yeah. they'll have, like, Bruce Lee in there like they have in the past. Probably. Yeah. Dana and Joe, you know, which those were, those were always, like, weird ones, you know? Yeah. But, uh, hey, I'll buy it. I might have to pull, I might have to dust off the old Xbox and put it in there, you know, because like, all I play is on the computer now. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm pretty psyched for it, man. I'm very, very excited for it. But, uh, yeah, man, that's about all the details on it, because all this just came out from a certain report. They haven't even released a trailer yet confirming everything, but, um, anyways, we do got to talk about it. Alexander Usyk, Dana Dubois, we did not preview this fight, because I didn't think he was going to be competitive. Uh, instead, it actually was. Not only was it competitive, there was controversy. Uh, Alexander Usyk wins, scoring a jab knockout in the ninth round. However, previously in the fight, in round five, there was a low blow, or was it, from Daniel Dubois, um, which gave Usyk five minutes to recover. Um, excuse me, Usyk actually took three minutes to recover, three minutes and 45 seconds. Um, he ended up coming back, dropping him twice to get the win. What did you think about the controversy? Did you see the fight? Did you see the low blow? What did you think of the situation? Man? You know, I actually did see, like, by the way, did you see both angles? I have a question about that because I saw both angles because there was one angle that was floating around, which was the main one, the one they showed on the broadcast. And there was I, went, I, went, I went straight up fucking JFK declassified, right? I, I looked at every single angle. <laughs> did you actually? Like, I don't even know if you're joking right there or not. Yeah, I, I did. I, I was literally just – I jokes aside, I did look at every single angle. So, yeah. Man, I kind of like – I was, I was, I was studying now. it like, like this a Pruder film, but I did look at a lot of angles. I'm, I mean, in the moment, I thought – it was, but then I went ahead and and then I had a funny enough I heard listened to a podcast and they kind of broke down the rules behind the belt and there's like some technicality to it where it's like it, there's some sort of discretion to the ref and all that and and they're look that's it's a whole thing. Um, I thought it was low, but according to some sort of technicality, it actually wasn't low. Mm. Yeah, I mean. From what I saw, I, I think they could – I thought it was a clear, like, low blow. I thought pretty clearly – like, it, it was – look, it's another thing of, like, what do you even consider a low blow in boxing? Like, what, like what you said, like, would that be a low blow in MMA? Probably not, but because everybody oh, no. in fucking boxing hikes their shorts up to their fucking, you know, to their fucking chest. 
Like, you know, like sometimes it's really, really hard to tell. Uh, and I think in a heavyweight championship fight, something like that, you definitely give the benefit of the doubt. Because as mad as people were about them calling it a low blow, could you imagine if the heavyweight championship of the world changed fucking hands on a, on a shot like that that looked... Like, even even if you think it's a low blow, it's not like that's easy to call in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I had no problem with it. Um, do you think there will be a rematch? Obviously, uh, Dubois has already come out and appealed the fight. Would you like to see a rematch next? I don't, I don't think they'll do that. I don't see much reason in it, mm-hmm. personally, for myself. I mean, Usyk still took care of business later on. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. it went. It's not like they went to a decision. He wasn't awarded like a knockdown point that would have like swung the rat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hear you. I hear you, and I and that's partially why I don't really care as much too. I mean, if he was to could climb himself off the canvas, you know, in three minutes and come back and easily dominate and knock you out with a jab, you know, just a couple rounds later, it's you know, like it is what it is. Um. But to kind of stick on stick on boxing, this is actually our last topic of the day. I thought this would be a fun one, um, because six years ago this week, Angel, it was Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor, one of the biggest fights in boxing and not just boxing, combat sports history, still to date the highest second uh, highest selling pay per view of all time. Six years on from the fight, man. Um, we're both, we're both Connor fans and I, I know that we both watch this fight live. What do you remember from it, man? What can you take from it? And kind of give me your memories of that fight six years on. God, that was a wild night. I mean, it's been so long. I mean, what year was that again? That was, uh, well, six years, 2017, August of 2017. How was life at the time in 2017? Well, we were in high school. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Hated life. No, I was kidding. Um, Man, I'm just trying to think of how the world it was at that time for me, and it, it's one of those mo- like there's a, there's a lot of moments like this for me in my life where I'm like I don't think I appreciated it enough for what it was like. I, like I think I understood the magnitude of it, but not as much as I do now looking back at it. Mm-hmm. Um, insanity. I mean, one of the wildest. I think it was the start of all these. I mean, that might have been the the origin of all these crazy crossovers, Josh. Like that might have been the start of it right there. I think so. Yeah. I mean that I think that started this whole it's some weird way, even the YouTube boxing shit to an extent, right? I don't think it was influenced by that, but that was a it was within that as well, you know, like it all kind of snowballed and kept going mm-hmm. to to what we have today. Yeah, I agree, dude. I mean that uh six years on from that night, dude, um I don't really have a lot to say about the fight itself because we talked about the fight itself so much over the years. Um, just like just coming up here and there, but uh, um, yeah, dude. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to see anything like that again. I mean, obviously we're going to have uh, Tyson and Tyson Fury, excuse me, and Francis Ngannou. Uh, but the star power, like Floyd and Connor, we're never going to have two stars of that magnitude meet ever again. I don't think because uh, it's really they weren't they were. Floyd wasn't the best boxer on the planet at that point. He was he was already you know on the verge of retirement. He already retired, I believe, twice before that. Um, and Connor wasn't. I mean, Connor is as good as he was. I think everybody kind of knew that he had a receipt coming back whenever he was going to face Habib anyway. Um, but you know, it was like it was not the best versus the best, but the star power, dude. I'll, I'll never forget the Canada press conference. 
the Canada press conference where Conor McGregor basically went out there and did a stand-up routine for the first, for like 10 minutes, uh, was insane. I'll, I, I remember sitting like, I'll never forget where I was when the fight was announced. I was just all, I was just literally sitting, just pulled up the quick trip, got something to drink, <laughs> sat in the <laughs> car, saw, saw that, uh, like Connor, I think posted posted like I'm fighting Floyd Mayweather, and I think he might even been Floyd Mayweather Senior as like a troll or something. He put up like a troll post first before actually announcing the fight. Uh, but yeah, dude, just 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 hilarity, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, six years later, pretty crazy, man. It's still crazy to think about, and still the second biggest fight of all time. So yeah, man, pretty crazy to think about. Is, and, is, and, is only ahead of that a uh, Manny and and Floyd? Correct, and barely. It was barely in front of it. I think it's. I think they sold 4.6. I think Connor and Floyd sold 4.4. Wow. So it was just barely. But, uh, yeah, man, we're not going to see anything like that again. Um, any closing thoughts on that or anything else you want to talk about, man? No, nothing specific. Um, I'm excited because there's a lot. I think there's a decent bit on the line for this week for these fights. I'm excited to come back next week. I don't even know what we're coming back to. Is it, is, are we going to pay per view, Josh? Fuck, I don't even know. Yeah, UFC 293, probably the best pay per view of the year. <laughs> up there, <laughs> right? At least it has to be at least top two. And it's not, and it's not number two inch. But Josh, you know what is exciting? This will probably be the first pay per view. We're not the first. This is probably one. This will be the first pay per view we've seen each other in a while. For it, we'll actually be watching this one in person. Yeah, I'm really I think, excited, man. I'm psyched. I think. I don't have it confirmed, but I'm assuming we probably will. I just need to talk to everybody about that. But, I mean, we'll be seeing each other more often. Not For in, sure. Right? You, that'll only lead to to better shows, too. So you guys right? should be. Better, better moments, too. We might have to see exactly. something. Imagine if we did, like, right after shows, Josh. You know, like, live. Like, right then, right then and there, we just start recording with everybody in the room. What were you guys' thoughts? <laughs> God. Anyways, man. Um. Yeah, that'll be fun. But yeah, coming back to a pay per view, always fun. And I hope you guys enjoy the show, man. We've been, we've been, as always, been doing very, very well on YouTube, and we appreciate that so much. And I'm, and uh, you guys, will keep on supporting the show. I'm at Josh Shimanoff on Twitter. He's at AngelTing underscore World One at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.